Hello, this is David Thompson from the Fraser Valley in British Columbia with a message to those that are hungry and thirsty for reality, that are seeking for ultimate meaning and purpose in their life. And there is a reason for which all things consist and exist, and I am here to share about that which is reality, it is the very meaning and purpose for which you are alive and all things exist. And you can check out my website at ultimatemeaning.com for those that are new. There I have a flip book with very original writing by the gift of the Spirit of God through me. And in that flip book you will find many uh, links to YouTube videos that are highlighted in red print. Highly confirming for many fields of science and archaeology the reality of what I am sharing here. And believe me, many of those videos are very profound and amazing and are very solid evidence. You can, for example, see the tunnel that was dug for three years with Ron Wyatt and his team in Israel. He was led by God to do this and did discover the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, they know where it is. And it's really irrefutable evidence. And there's a whole documentary on that there. Um, many other very amazing, interesting things. And even that one, if I told you what they discovered, you would find it too good to be true. And yet this man's not a liar. And you have the evidence right there in front of you with video of them digging the tunnel and so on and being interviewed, etc. So um, I'll leave it at that for those that are new. So what is the ultimate purpose and meaning for your life and of all things? It is summed up in the ultimate perfection and manifestation of love. Who is who the one true eternal God could only be? Only this ultimate quality of love is worthy of ultimate trustworthiness to contain unlimited power, life, and authority without using it in a corrupt way or being corrupted by it, thus indicative that he is the very source of unlimited authority, power, and life. Yes, the Almighty's. The name in Hebrew in the Old Testament, which in English is translated Lord God often, is Yahweh Elohim, Yahweh the ultimate reality, the I am that I am, and Elohim the Almighty's referring to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I could get into talking a lot more about all of that, but this message is for those that have come to receive God's love. Oh, poured on the cross in Jesus Christ through his body that was broken and his blood that was shed. And these messages are for those that are assembling around the one true eternal God in Jesus Christ in assemblies throughout United States, Canada, and around the world. I seek to speak as the oracles of God because the word of God says in 1 Peter 4.11, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. 
So that is what I will seek to do. And how is that done? Well, Revelations 19.10 says, Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When we worship God in spirit and in truth and great reverence and humility out of love for God, we are filled with his spirit in an overflow of creative utterance beyond ourselves. And so I will seek to speak this message out of a heart set and a mindset of worship. And to facilitate that, I choose two chapters from the Word of God by the casting of Lot using two random applications on the internet. There are many different ones. I pray very reverently over it before using them. And those two chapters confirm each other with a common theme. I spend a half an hour meditating on them and then I speak. Sometimes after I've had my meal, in this case that's the case. And I don't know what I'm going to be speaking on. I trust God by his spirit to speak through me. What he is seeking to say to the body of Christ in this particular time, which today is June the, not June, July the 20th of 2022 on Wednesday. A time of great crisis in the world where one wonders how the United States can go much further without there being God's intervention to overthrow this corrupt Marxist government that is seeking to not only destroy the United States, but the governments of the peoples of the whole world and bring them in bondage to global communist dictatorship through using COVID-19 false mandates, etc., etc., through seeking to break the economies of the world. I want to share now that I also do cast lots to get a hymn. Sometimes they're not the greatest hymns, and this one is the one I got by the casting of Lot. I don't know if I'll put it up in my playlist because I'm very fussy there on the worship songs I have on my site at loverealize.com. But I do want to play it for the words. And so we'll go to that right now and see what God is saying there. Now, I did choose another one that wasn't by lot that I thought would be a lot more fitting. But I think I want to see what these words are really saying here. So here we go.
So that is it. It is on the heart being fired in the sense of being ignited with the love of God and that being unconditional in our relationship, whether it's through trials or what the Lord allots in our pilgrimage to his heavenly destiny with him forever. Hallelujah. And his heavenly creation. Okay. Um, what did I receive today? Well, we'll go there now. I received Matthew 7 and 1 Thessalonians 3. And there is in these chapters a common theme. In both these chapters, there is a call to be prepared to endure tribulation so that we overcome in it and are established for an abundant entrance into the kingdom of God. So I want to begin reading from Matthew. Actually, first of all, <clears throat> Yeah, Matthew 7, 13 to 17. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns, or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Then we skip down to verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And then we go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, and it says, For now we live if we stand fast in the Lord. For what thanks can we render to God again for you? For all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God, night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. And we go down to verse 12 and 13. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as ye do toward you. No, even as, yeah, we do toward you. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. And really, I do need to read a lot more than just these verses in these chapters. But these verses emphasize 
that God's desire is that we should be brought to a place where we are established in our hearts as blameless in holiness before God. And the same is the case that is emphasized in Matthew, that we should be those that are like a wise man that built our house upon the rock because we're not merely hearers of the word deceiving ourselves, but do what Christ proclaims for us to do. And of course, this chapter doesn't get into the Beatitudes that are into the context of other recordings of the gospel, such as I believe in Luke, where we find that what he was emphasizing was what allows one to be blessed before God. You know, it's probably good to say to people, not say God bless you, but God make you more blessable, lest we condone the fact that they are living a life that is contrary to godliness. But here in these two chapters, we do see also an emphasis on the fact that we will be those that are tried. And let me just go and, since I didn't get that verse in Thessalonians, go to that one that does bring that out. It says, For verily, verse 4, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation even as it came to pass, and ye know. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter tempted you, and our labor be in vain. And so God does call his people to be tried and tested. This is very clear in the word of God, that those that are his children do experience the chastening of the Lord. As it says to the Laodicean churches, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. There's a choice that we make as believers. Are we going to be satisfied with a comfortable lifestyle and not really seek God? Are we going to tell the Lord, yes, I am willing to let you have your way over my own natural desires to deny them? Maybe a wonderful career and some job that we give up because we want to spend more time in prayer and doing things for the kingdom of God. And so we pay a price. And in that price, we also are tried and tested. For it says, yea, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And let's face it, brothers and sisters, there's no such a thing as anyone in this world, not at some point in their life, going through trials and suffering, if it means at the very end of life where you are dying. Now, of course, some people, they just suddenly die very quickly and they don't go through any process of suffering. But, you know, God's the one that is putting together the mosaic of his heavenly family. And so all of these stones have wrought in them the grace of God. Some may have died suddenly and not been through many trials, but they still had a journey in their life where, as believers, they were tried, they were tested. Everyone suffers in this world. They suffer flu. They suffer different weaknesses in their body, etc., etc. They suffer the loss of loved ones. And so it is that in heaven, and I'm writing a book that's very in-depth 
on life after death. And I was amazed as I'm getting towards the very end of this book about something I read, wrote up where I put all the different experiences of genuine believers together in a personality that I called John. And as I read this, I was in tears. I didn't realize I did such a good job of writing it. Even in reading it myself, I was so touched by the wonderful descriptions in heaven of being before God and being loved by Jesus Christ and by God the Father and the amazing experiences that go on forever without end there in heaven and never will become boring, believe me, you. God is very creative and he gives us many creative things to express our creative love to him and to his fellow creation and many varieties of angels and other creatures, etc., etc., that are in heaven, including even your own pets. Yeah, you think that God's so little that he doesn't have that kind of love for his children? He does, yeah. But he's, we are here on this world in a journey, and he's the potter and we're the clay. And we are called to be those that learn to not be moved by these afflictions, as Paul said to the Thessalonians. For you yourselves know that you were appointed thereunto. Brothers and sisters, whatever we face in our journey as believers, we can know a heart-to-heart -heart relationship with him as is expressed in that psalm. Why is there the fire of trials? It is to fire our heart and ignite our heart. But in the trial, we may be in heaviness. We may be in such heaviness that we can't even pray because we're so weak. Right now, I am going through a trial, an unexpected trial. After my mother passed into glory, and of course, I miss her loss. I was very close to her. I looked after her for 21 months, and her rancher had to get up at about 2 and 4 in the morning Helping her use the toilet was many times very messy and humiliating for her. And I became very close to her, and then I looked, visited her every day, every week, twice a week at least, for the last four years in the care home. But I know she's in glory. I know she went through great trials, through all of this suffering in her body. It was, she was a very self-sufficient, independent woman. This was hard for her. But through it all, I sang hymns with her. We rejoiced together. I encouraged her. And someday I know I'll be very close to her as a sister forever in heaven and with my dad as well that I spent much time with in their last days upon the earth. And so I do miss them both dearly. But I am not in heaviness over it. I know they've gone through their trials. They were established in holiness and they did have and are in an abundant place with God in heaven. And I know how wonderful it is because I have a really amazing book coming out on it, which exposes a lot of deception of other people from other backgrounds and what they claim they experience in their death, temporary death that is. Well, God is saying to his people in this hour that he wants their heart to choose to buy of him the gold tried in fire, 
to buy of him white raiment, that your garments are white at his coming, ready for his coming, to anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. In other words, admit your blindness. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Cry out to him, seek him. And in this trial that I went through, I was smitten with, you know, I already have chronic lymphocytic leukemia, which I believe God will heal me from. But this drug totally 100% takes everything away, so it's like you don't have it, and it's a non-chemo. But then, you know, suddenly I go to bed one day and I wake up in the morning and I'm filled with all kinds of sores, really ugly, gross sores all over my shoulder and my front breast and the back shoulder and going down a bit on my left arm as well. Very painful. But I didn't have the itching and the pain that comes with shingles because I did get a vaccination earlier. Nevertheless, I had to go through quite a bit with this. I couldn't sleep at night. I still can't sleep at night because there is pain, a dull pain of all that skin that is healing because it's like I got third degree burns almost over an eighth of my body. And there's big scabs that have been falling off and still a few really large scabs that will probably fall off in the next week or so. But it's really hard going to sleep. I, I'm, I feel a continual pain. I can't sleep until the wee hours of the morning towards you know, four and five in the morning. And I say, God, why did you allow that in my life when I'm serving you? When I seek to pray three hours a day, usually I get only two and a half in, but some days here and there I get three hours in. And, you know, I'm wanting to be totally focused on serving you. And why, God, why? I mean, but I've gone through a great trial. And it's still a really great trial, but I'm recovering. And I'm in the worst financial crisis, but I'm on the verge of getting my book printed or getting it done to. I'm finding out a way of getting my domain name sold when I'm next to nothing in my bank account because of credit debt. Yeah, I was unwise. And I'm saying, yeah, I did it out of a pure motive. I, didn't, I was spending it on trying to get a lot of domain names. I have well over 100 domain names, something like 112 or no, I think it's 113 domain names. That sucks a lot of money in. You know, I should have allowed this to get this bad. But I'm asking God to be merciful and to provide and that these domain names will now sell as I found finally a way that I might be able to sell them. And that could put me in great surplus, not only swallowing up the debt. So we'll see what happens. But it is crucial right now and very precarious in my life. So pray for me. But here I am, I'm sharing with you what God is saying by his spirit to his people in this hour. He is calling us to rise up and to be brought into such a place with him that our love is unconditional, our faith is unconditional, no matter what trial we're going through. I think of Brother Yun, the heavenly man. I'm reading his book while I'm doing runs in on the machines in fitness world and uh, have a s almost six-minute walk in between each dash uphill for 30 seconds. But, you know, there 
I read of him being so terribly persecuted. There's no way by that he should be alive from what he went through. I mean, he refused to take food or liquid for 74 days and supernaturally lived. And all during that time, they tortured him terribly. They threw him into the men's sewage from the toilets. You know, the things they did to him, they beat him with batons that were electronic, made him feel like a thousand spears were going through his heart. He was certain he would die, and somehow he lived. And he was so weak they were betting on him because they put a bunch of prisoners in there that were going to be given great reward if they persecuted him. And so they're betting on him that he'll die before the morning because he can hardly talk and hardly breathe. And suddenly God's strength comes on him and he gets up on some little stool and preaches to them to their utter shock in a loud voice and they all fall on their face and repent and receive Christ with tears, including a Muslim that just recently cursed him. Yes, that is the power of God through trials. And so when we are weak, we can cry out to God in our trials and we can find his supernatural power that overcomes as it did with Brother Young. I haven't gone through anything compared to what he's been through. That is for sure. So, I am here to um, encourage you today to wake up, church, to allow your heart to be ignited. Sorry about this crazy thing on here. I'm going to just wait till it's finished. So, God is calling his people to come forth and be his bride. And I am here with a book I'm offering you that I have up there on Amazon.com called God, Headship, and Body Invasion, which shares everything you can do in your local assembly to not limit the fullness of the headship of Jesus Christ from inhabiting your corporate assembly. It is about 270 some odd pages long in outline form. And it is very good for you as an assembly to repent and come out of your ways that are limiting God and in this hour rise up to be those that conquer your community, your city. And yes, if each assembly across the United States and Canada begins to repent and turn back to being God's house of prayer and holiness, watch God intervene. Watch God overthrow this tyranny that is so terrible around the world which has its center in the United States. Thank you for listening to this message, brothers and sisters. I am weaker through this terrible ordeal I'm going through, but it is a gradual process of healing. I will continue to share the word, maybe not as frequently, but still quite frequently every week. God bless you all.